He was warrior and mystic, ogre and saint, the fox and the innocent, chivalrous, ruthless, less than a god, more than a man. There is no measuring Muad'Dib's motives by ordinary standards. In the moment of his triumph, he saw the death prepared for him, yet he accepted the treachery. Can you say he did this out of a sense of justice? Whose justice then? Remember, we speak now of the Muad'Dib who ordered battle drums made from his enemy's skins. The Muad'Dib who denied the conventions of his ducal past with a wave of the hand, saying merely, I am the Kwisatz Haderach. That is reason enough. From Arrakis Awakening by the Princess Irulan. Everybody, it's I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. I'm Rory Voy. I've read Dune. I've now read Dune for you. Well, I've read it, and <laughs> presently I've finished Dune for you. However, in the um, you know scope of of time, uh, as it as it uh, progresses linearly, you have not yet completed this journey. Um, but before. I put the horse before the carriage, or whichever one is not supposed to go first, uh, as the case may be. Uh, Are you time, an alien? Time being what it is. Well, you know, you're putting the horse Are before the carriage. you being from outside time? <laughs> Sometimes slight... the horse needs a ride, too. Uh, yeah, because I've, I've completed Dune, and yet this podcast has not. And now I do feel slightly out of sync. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to make a point, uh, while I have some, some salience in what's going on, while the kaleidoscope is, is pointed inward, uh, I want to introduce my story boys here with me. Uh, we've got Andy and Austin, so made it, make it be known, fellas. Hey! Hello. Charmed, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we are at the, at the end of the long road. Yeah. The, this road we call Dune. Yeah, you know... I, I, this is, this is, this is kind of behind the scenes talk. I just want to point out it's been like at least a couple weeks since we recorded the last episode. And in the intervening time, I like got and recovered from shingles, which was like a whole fucking journey. And, uh, I, it was, it was really frustrating. <laughs> and I, I gotta tell you in the, in the height of that badness, I missed Dune. I'm so I like, glad to hear that. And I'm so glad you're falling on your own sword and that <laughs> Andy's shingles will be why people don't know, why people don't think that uh, drops were happening uh, at the correct time. And it has nothing to do with me yeah. or what's going on it's in my not, life. Nothing to do with Rory. It's all about me and my horrible well, health. And his, and his old timey diseases. <laughs> well, you know what's extra funny is that we spoke in our, in our last episode you'll have listened to, we spoke with absolute confidence that we were going to record the final episode that same night we were oh yeah <laughs> banding about the fact that it would be mere minutes before we recorded the final episode and that was three weeks ago just two uh, just two uh, who knows um nobody knows so <laughs> two um, and three still confound science <laughs> <laughs> um just like we don't know if there's going to be two or three Dune movies, uh, two and three weeks. Oh, that's, Who knows? Oh, that's a great callback. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So no, no, it's it's been a minute. So um, I think I think we should probably try to remember what happened in the explosive penultimate chapters. Yeah, well, I'd love to hear Andy's notes. Uh, because for me to go back through my notes would be tantamount to doing <laughs> the episode again. <laughs> right, right. Because as we've said, you've read Dune now at least two times. 
Uh, uh, I read Dune two times just to do this podcast. Yeah, okay, nobody's yeah. counting. It's fine. <laughs> well, you've read so you've read Dune two or three times, but we can't tell. No, but no, because those <laughs> no one two can numbers tell. are those two numbers are ephemeral. <laughs> waiting on peer reviewed studies to really come back. Uh, right. So I do have I have notes and I have chapter names for at least a couple of them. I don't know that we ever named chapter forty seven, but that's okay. Uh, chapter 45 was called Princess Irulan finally helps out a little bit. And in this one, this is the one where the emperor showed up, if you recall. And they're like deciding to, I guess, go after him. And there's some, there's some shenanigans with the water of life where Paul had been asleep for like, what, like two weeks or something. And he finally wakes up and he's like, but bro, I only had a drop. And everybody moves out into chapter 46, two guys in Usul in a dune place. <laughs> and Paul, Stilgar, and Gurney uh, are prepping to, uh, like, fucking nuke the town. They're going to nuke the the shield wall so that they can get in and fuck up the emperor who's decided to just be there. And uh, and they kind of do it in, in flagrant disregard to the Great Convention, which... I guess is is thou shalt not nuke San Diego Comic Con. Um, well, yeah, you right. know, I think I think uh, it didn't get touched on at the time, but nineteen sixty five. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was a little more of a hot button issue. We're still thinking about it. Well, it and thinking button. about and thinking about it gonna be happening again a lot in, forever, in like a some sort of Bay of Pigs or also no, the Cold weird... War. Well, and yeah. the Cold War. And yes, we're going to nuke the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> we might. That seems like a place. Still, got the, that could still happen. Got the oh, cave I'm going to nuke the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> the Cave of Birds, the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> could Good rhymes. It's like poetry. Arrakis. Yeah. Um, so there was also a tunnel, right? There was some sort of tunnel under. Mm-hmm. And they're going into the tunnel while they're also simultaneously maybe nuking the uh, the shield wall. And while in the tunnel... Uh, I guess an old timey telegram man shows up and gives Paul a message that uh, his son was murdered and also his sister was captured. And yes, that was that was not fun. That was not Uh, fun, except what was more fun is the part where that same sister uh, definitely straight up murders Baron. Just murked just so fast. She's like, boom, come Jabbar. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah yeah and that's in that's in the the untitled chapter chapter 47 and we could call that one boom gum jabbar <laughs> boom, gum, jabbar. boom, boom gums the dynamite <laughs> so that was boom sorry that that pause that pause boom you heard was was my was was a double duty me being mad at austin and my gears also trying to make a kareem abdul jabbar joke and no, and remembering tried. we did that like four years ago at this point. I, anyway, yeah. we did it. She kills the Baron, uh, which is pretty wild. And also like kills a bunch of Sardaukar. She's kind of nuts. She's gnarly. And she's like two or 14. <laughs> right. And I, I guess the emperor starts to flee at this point. And he's like, wait, fetch my best friend. Uh, Count Fenring, and they they start getting the fuck out of there, including uh, I believe Gaius Helen Mahayam, who is there visiting. Yeah, they're, well. they're also there. They're in the the emperor's uh, court. And those were the notes that I took. How'd I do? All right, I think that's pretty good. Uh, fuck yeah! I think that's a reasonable recap. And and luckily for our listeners, they have the benefit of time ellipsing. And being able to listen to uh, these two episodes much more closely than than uh, their recording dates. Yes, true yeah, facts. That is that is us. And so and so then so the recap the recap was mostly for us to be on the same page because like I said these these last couple chapters are such a such a lot of stuff that I, shit shitstorm I think yeah mm-hmm. that I I felt that we'd be stopping a lot to recap if we didn't yes. just get it out of the way at the beginning. Yeah, because I forgot most of that. So this is great. <laughs> Well, this is gonna this this is great. I'm I'm completely ready for story time. I have a pint of Ben and Jerry's, and I am eating it on the podcast live because this is the last episode, and you can't judge me anymore. Damn, I should have gotten it. some celebratory snack. It's the last episode, and baby gets ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> 
So take us away, Rory. It's chapter 48, the final chapter of Dune. Chapter 48, the final chapter of Dune, uh, which I think I think you can probably call um, Let's Do a Shakespeare. Let's uh, mm. uh, if you're familiar with Shake with with Dr. Donald Shakespeare, he will frequently <laughs> okay. he will frequently uh, put about half the plot of his plays into the last a- into the last. I think scene. you're thinking of Donald Shakespeare, who's the ultra alternate identity of who's my foot in the comics. That's, that's that'd be great. <laughs> who, who, Dr. Shakespeare? That seems like a Tracy, like a Tracy Jordan uh, uh, doctor. <laughs> Shall we get going? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, we're gonna open up the chapter. Uh, Paul is outside the governor's mansion in Arakane, the the house he used to live in. Yeah, for like a minute. If, well, for a long part of the book, but yeah, it would not appear very much time elapsed in that time. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's kind of got his forward camp there. They're they're just kind of because uh, all at this point, all of the Sardaukar are just like defended in this. It, it, it's a little bit on. It's not unbreachable, but it's like invading Russia in the winter, so to speak. It's a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of dangerous people in a very tight. It's space. an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle. Okay, so Paul's got his guys uh, just doing general post-war post-war uh, paperwork. The, the 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 unsexy stuff. But did they yeah. finish the war? Yes and no. The, this this uh this invasion is all but over. But the emperor and folks are still there's uh, still very, Russia in the winter. Very very well barricaded in the governor's mansion. Yeah. Okay. But you know, it's Hitler in his bunker. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, that's historically true. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. Uh, he's gonna have Gurney go. Uh, go get Jessica and Cheney because he's not even sure if Cheney knows about their son yet and all that. Oof. Um, and then um, somebody brings him a Sardaukar, a Sardaukar warrior. The Sardaukar, I guess, was a messenger. He he wants Paul's assurances that the Emperor's safety uh, will be guaranteed in order to make a some sort of truceful meeting. Hmm. If truceful is a word, it sure. is now. And Paul tells him, "Yeah, you know, you got to, you got to Duke's assurances. Why the fuck not? Where's he going to care about killing the emperor? That's not really my dog, right?" Uh, yeah. Well, he's gonna do. He's gonna do. Uh, he's gonna do something similar to. I want to be my. I want my name to be Paul Muad'Dib. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna say something along the lines of like, "Oh yeah, the Duke Paul did give his assurances, but now you're talking to Muad'Dib." <laughs> you, uh... <laughs> so he's gone back. <laughs> <laughs> Does he? Do you think he's just like he thinks he's like some sort of master chess player at this point, where he's like, ah, oh, this gambit keeps working out over and over. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing this whole two names thing. It really lets me get away with everything. You know, yes, mom. Paul Muad'Dib did not ruin his dinner with dessert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Paul Muad'Dib promised to take out the trash, but Paul the Emperor did no such thing. Checkmate. Uh, so somebody, somebody escorts Jessica to, uh, to Paul and she's asking him about Aaliyah's, uh, whereabouts. Paul says, duh, she's doing what any good friend would do. Uh, she's out there, you know, killing enemies and marking them for water reclamation. Duh. (laughs) Duh. Sure. Sure. Been doing it since he, since he was zero. (laughs) (laughs) Jessica's like, excuse me. (laughs) And Paul's like, yeah, bro. What's. What, you, what is she supposed to do? Not <laughs> play with toys? <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is what we do, Mama, Mama Bear. This is what we do now. Also, like she's way too spooky for kids' toys. No, she does not like kids' toys. She likes she likes killing the wounded and marking them for water reclamation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, reminds uh... me of when I was two. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's really more like a five-year-old kind of thing. She developed yeah, right. very quickly. Yeah. Paul asks Jessica to pee with him when he goes to uh, meet the emperor and his future bride. Jessica tells him, uh, come on, man. Don't do not do this. Don't do this fuck up. Don't do the thing that your dad did where it was side piece style. You're in love with Cheney, Mary Cheney. And Paul's like, well, first off, uh, here's the thing. I'm going to be emperor. And that's bottom line. Uh, he does have his, he does have kaleidoscope vision. He's like, he does know the future that uh, happens should he not 
uh, become emperor and like settle this, settle this shit, right? I see. So mm-hmm. he's kind of just sort of walking the line that destiny has sort of painted for him. In a way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what he's, his story has been kind of since, since his first time with the, uh, the spice wine, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. wine of life the first time. I think it was just spice wine. But yeah, now that he sees all the, all futures all the time, he's doing it. He's doing that shit. He's Doctor Strange in Endgame, where he's seen all the realities, and he's like, this is the one. Yeah. Yeah. So Cheney arrives, and Paul confirms with her that that, uh, they're both very sad. I just wanted to check. Are you sad? Yeah. I'm sad. Neither are, all things considered, that sad. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's not that much time. It's the last chapter. No, of the, the, book. the yeah, the plot of the book is moving <laughs> quick, so I give him a little bit of a pass. But they're both like, "This is a bummer, right?" And he's like, "Good thing we both got working genitals." <laughs> this factory, yeah. we've we've still got the mold. This factory can produce many more of these. We're extremely young. <laughs> <laughs> so potent. Uh, that's that's still really like. I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a weird vibe, though, right? Because, you know, I mean, I could almost I guess it feels weird that Cheney's not more upset because I could almost give Paul a pass simply because because he's just been out. He's been out. He's been out waging like insurgent wars for the last three years. Sure. But I also I was just kind of thinking like his his weird future vision of like. I've you seen know, everybody die a thousand times. Who knows? Right. I'm numb. I'm numb to tragedy because I can see the tragedy that I have to, you know, that is my life stretching well, ahead of me. Paul, Paul does observe, uh, you know, he, he checks her up and down when she arrives. He's like, oh, look at look at look at the face of look at the face of Cheney. It's got I can tell she was crying. So, like, that's good. Not good. But like he checked to be like, make sure she mm-hmm. was appropriately sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Sure. As is custom. <laughs> I hope she spills some water over our son. Pour one out. Pour one out for Leto too. Pour one out for Leto too. Gurney's gonna arrive with uh, the Emperor and his folks. They are they are meeting they're meeting Paul at his camp with Fade Ratha and Count Fenring. Paul is a little shocked. He has now this uh, you you could infer it because of any of the visions we've seen described in the book have not been about Fade Roth or Ken Cal Fenring, but we as a passive as a as a passenger of the story have met both these characters. Sure. Uh, yes. Yes. So so what I think is not clear in the story up to this point uh is that Paul has not seen Fade or Count Fenring in any of his future visions. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he can't use his game genie anymore. You know, it's sort of like <laughs> what I have to I have to play. <laughs> Are you telling me I have to play? <laughs> What do I do? I don't know how to do this. No one trained me for this. Uh, also, there is Princess Irulan, uh, who Paul makes a point of pointing. Or no, maybe it's Jessica. Somebody points out she's a huge fucking nerd and doesn't really want to rule. She just wants to write books all day. Uh, get it. Uh, yeah, which, will, which will inform all of the chapter headings a little bit. Yeah, with a lot of different book titles all about Paul <laughs> by yeah. her. Uh, how many books does... can you write about one man, Irulan? It does feel like an unnecessary dick. Like, <laughs> sure. And here's and here's the here's the king's dork ass daughter. This is yeah, Irulan's like WordPress site that she's got like, <laughs> a bunch of different starts for novels. Yeah. Do you think that there's there's always a little bit of like what's the intent here? Anytime you read a book and someone in the book makes fun of a book character for reading books, you're like, are, what are like what's the what's the so intent? What do I here? take a, from this? Is this a self-own? Is this an own on me? Is this the writer being self-deprecating about how much they know that books are for nerds? Like, what well, are we doing? Or, or Herbert is so in his own head about how dope books are that he thinks it's a compliment. But what mm-hmm. what she's described as is like she doesn't. She she's described as having no no um, meaningful aspirations. She just wants to write books. Yeah, she's and an it, indoor kid. Yeah, it, it 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 doesn't feel like a compliment. Um, but yeah, that again, uh, an author may have a blind uh, have a blind spot in that in that uh, particular area and think, well, oh, maybe she's super dope for having no political aspirations and only likes books. <laughs> I mean, it is also a really great like economical way to explain away all of the chapter shit 
that's been happening the entire book that's just like, hey, when did Irulan write? Oh, here, here's a way to explain it. Hey, of course, they could have just been written by basic ass historians. They didn't all need to be written by Irulan. Like, that's a whole conceit of his, you know what I mean? Like, right. he made that choice. Uh, but also it, it sort of, it also relegates her firmly away from wanting to rule because Paul is going to marry her and be emperor and he's going to be with Cheney. And she's just going to be the nerd in the corner writing books. Yeah, she's the, like the court, the court stenographer. Or whatever, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, Irland, did you uh, get that down? I did something really cool today. I just want to make sure. <laughs> just want to make sure you got that. Oh God, um, I thought for a second. I, I don't know why this is what I pictured, but when you said, "Hey, Irland, did you get that down?" I thought maybe she was being the stenographer for like him and Cheney in bed. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> did you get how great I hey, did? Irland, did you get that? Did, did you, you get that here? Did you see how how good I did it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor princess! Write a book about that. <laughs> uh, so, with the emperor and and uh, Fane and Count Fenring and Irulan is also Thufir Hawat, uh, who sort of, mm. as you might imagine, throws himself at Paul's feet and. Uh, uh, Please demands punish punishment. me. Oh, punish, punish me again. <laughs> oh, the only man who can punish me the way I deserve. <laughs> Paul offers his old friend anything he wants, and uh, Hawat just wants forgiveness in the form of an acceptable amount of punishment, right? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Go, let's get even. But he also is uh, not doing so hot because, as you remember, his body is full of poison <laughs> and antidote. Oh, well, right. the antidote has maybe not come for a bit since the Baron, <laughs> the got, Baron himself, got knifed. Got, yeah, <laughs> I see. But how was Aaliyah to know? Uh, how what will, uh, I guess, basically perish through the poison um, at this point. Damn. It's a little unclear. He, sort of, he collapses, but uh, we have no more mention of a what for the rest of the chapter. Okay. Well, we'll see you later. Anybody yeah. who had Hawat on their Deadpool, on their death, <laughs> their, you know. Their Tontine. Yeah. So at this point, now it's uh, the Emperor wants to begin negotiations with Paul. Uh, he's got an armada outside the planet and uh, demands Paul uh, basically surrender. And Paul's like, you dumb idiot. You dumb fucking idiot. I'm the guy. Yeah. You can't leave this planet without me because i have the spice yeah. and uh, the the emperor is constantly very foppish just oh i can't oh you 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 insult me in my in front of my court and paul's like come <laughs> dude you came to me you sent a dude said we're gonna talk and now you're doing all this foppish baloney it was it's kind of nice mm. i usually order foppish baloney because i think it has <laughs> a little more zing to it among the fops are the uh, the representatives of the of the guild who are also very threatening of Paul and Paul has to remind them hey by the way you act out again i'm going to blow up all the spice and i'm going to ride off on a sandworm and you can go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah cuz that's right he has maniacally <laughs> <laughs> he's he's essentially got a, a dead man's trigger on all spice in the on the planet that's right all spice in the galaxy yeah, it's like yeah, this is the place, and he's got it. Yep, terrifying. I mean, it seems like a great candidate for emperor. Then, when you put it that <laughs> way, Paul, I think here's your crown, good sir. Yeah, because you dumb idiots came onto this planet that's light years away from where you're from, and now you're real fucked. Now you're really dumb fucked. And all of them, basically, it, it all comes down to the same hubris that uh, that the Duke showed, you know, at the beginning of the book, where it's like. They can't, nobody wanted to project how much they relied on Spice as if nobody could figure that out. Mm -hmm. But now Paul's got it. Plus, they all came here and they saw the Chris knife. And, you know, now they're. Yeah, and you're not allowed to leave. That's right. true. They're super fucked. <laughs> Just flash it real quick. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> you <dumb laughs> idiots. You're bound by Fremen law you're to stay in here, here with me. <laughs> you don't even know how fucked you are now. <laughs> All right, so now the Reverend Brother is going to, Gaius Hela Mahayam is going to start wagging her finger uh, because she sees that Paul's the Kwisat Sadarak and he's not doing Kwisat Sadarak shit because that's supposed to be, that's supposed to be their, right, their J-Man. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be the Benny Gesserit J-Man. <laughs> but he's being like the L-Man. <laughs> the L-Man? 
Lucifer. Oh, oh. okay. Not really the opposite of Jesus. <laughs> Friends no, call him no, But Judas is also J, so I was my hands were a little tied. <laughs> Judas also isn't necessarily the well. Okay, that's fine. We get the point. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to make a deep biblical statement, other than he they they expected him to be their Messiah, and he's being somebody else's Messiah. And she's peed. She's po'd. Yeah, if only there was somebody who is anti to Christ, some sort of nega Christ, mm. maybe. That's... Yeah, but that person has never existed. No, it's true. They're foretold. <laughs> and it's not a good reference. <laughs> <laughs> what, the nega Christ? Yes, that's right, the nega Christ. From the... <laughs> from nega... uh, this... Yeah, from the Negaverse in Sailor Moon. <laughs> Uh, now, Rory, really quick, just to interrupt you again, because I don't have too many other opportunities to do it, um, and I got to cherish it. I'm I'm picturing, when you mentioned that the Reverend Mother, Helen Guys Mohayam, was here, and it's like the end of the book, it really feels like the end of a rom-com where there's just like a, a priest there. It's just like, all right, we're <laughs> going to marry our couple together as the big final moment. I'm here. Let's do the ceremony. Is that so, is that kind uh, of what's going to happen? Who hmm. would you pair off? So, so, (laughs) so the Reverend Mother says, like, we've got a quiz at Sadarak, and now, Jessica, you're forgiven for this Aaliyah bullshit. Oh, for making a scary child. For making a scary child. (laughs) Now, this is a nice moment for Paul, because he's been a little problematic uh, towards the end of the book. He's even had, he's had, uh, he's noticing it among himself, like... He sees that uh, Stilgar is no longer this like great leader that he used to be, but is sort of, um, you know, indoctrinated into the into the cult of Paul. Oh, I mm. see. And he's a little bummed about that. Uh, but here, but but after after the Reverend Mother mouths off, Paul says his mother never needed forgiveness. You shut your fucking mouth. Uh, I should. I'm gonna slap you. Uh, my sister's fine. My mom's fine. You basic. And then yeah, does she, he slap her? He doesn't, but he, he oh, calls okay. her out and uh, reminds reminds her of the uh, the Atreides Gomjabar, the one two in the throat, baby. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and all this because she had clam instead of barnacle, you know. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, or no, sorry, she barnacle instead of clam. Barnacle instead of clam. It's like you've never seen a barnacle or a clam. <laughs> <laughs> it's like poetry. It rhymes. Uh, so then the Reverend Mother uh, does her little foppish bit and demands that Jessica, you know, get her son in check. And Jessica says, you do it. You do it, dummy. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> you got, you're the one. You're the one who's so hot and cool in the top dog. So fucking what do you need me to do? You're talking to the Kwisatz Haderach. <laughs> yeah, that's your boy. Do you think I'm not I'm not, you know, suggesting this is a good idea. But like, isn't the Reverend Mother like, isn't she really badass? Like. Could she theoretically use the voice on Paul at this point, or would he resist it? Uh, Paul has told her he could have her killed with a single word, whether that's his own command of the voice or his Fadaikin um, mm-hmm. is a little unclear, mm-hmm. but the Fadaikin are itching to go. Yeah. Oh, let us do it. Oh, we want to do it. <laughs> Just tell us. Tell us which old lady. <laughs> is it that one? Oh, God. Because I think we, um, I mean, it didn't come up in your summary, Andrew, but. Hey, uh, okay, okay, sorry. Uh, I believe the the emperor made a point of how embarrassed he was by his Sardaukar being whooped by women and children and old ass men. Right, mm. yes. And the Fadaikin are sexy young adults. So these are, <laughs> these are, these are Duncan Idaho level ballers, right? Mm. The emperor's just looking out going, well, if I got beat to shit by them, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> that wouldn't be quite as shameful. Look how hot they are. Now, Gurney is going to remind Paul that he uh, he's owed he's owed a Harkonnen. Mm. Oh. And this will this will ensue a slight argument. Uh, the emperor's like, hey, you gave us your word. Paul's like, hey, technically, Paul gave his word. You're talking to Muadiba <laughs> right now. Uh, so slow your fucking roll. But second... <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand, Gurney, I did just give you like a whole bunch of Harkonnens, and I feel like you don't need to be making a scene right now. But if you want one, we can do it that way. And and 
uh, Karina's like, yeah, I definitely want one. So Paul's like, all right, Emperor, um, you know, if you've got a Harkonnen with you, uh, my guy wants to kill one. <laughs> Can I, I don't know, like kill Fade or whatever? What's this guy doing? Uh, yeah, well, Fade, Fade wiggles out of this a little bit. Uh, he is going to challenge Paul. And uh, wow. through, you know, special royal rules that demand a certain amount of uh, honor be bestowed upon them. A very, what is it, Hamlet and Laertes? This is where, this is where it gets a little Shakespearean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, so that's what happens. Fade and Paul are about to fucking just show down, right? I believe he dueled Polonius, actually. No, I think you'll find that Polonius <laughs> is a very old man. Well, yeah, he dueled him several times in the stomach behind the curtain. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's ancient history. Anyway. <laughs> that's Donald Shakespeare for you. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Donald Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> the title of this episode is Dr. Donald Shakespeare. <laughs> Um, Paul and Fade are gonna, are gonna, uh, square off. Fade has the Emperor's Blade, uh, he's got an Emperor's Sword, and it's, uh, properly poisoned, as, as an Emperor must always do. But, uh, Paul doesn't really give a shit. He beats Fade and ices him. Oh, yeah. Right. Is it, like, a cool fight, or does Herbert really not care at this point? He's like, dude, this book I, is so I'm, long. I'm mixed. It is, it is given... A decent amount of page space, to be honest, but it's a little bit blow by blow, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel it doesn't feel as if it can be very well recapped. Well, it could be had I written down like Paul Dodges on page, uh-huh. right? Sure, I, I didn't sure. I didn't really notate it that way. You know what? Save it so that we'll get you know for the movie we'll get to see how cool it is. <laughs> but when Paul gets stabbed with the poison. But he's like cool the same way Jessica was cool about poison, right? You can right, slow yeah. time and and kind of figure your shit out. And then some from somewhere he gets acid and puts it on his sword and stabs Fade and Fade's like, "This is bullshit. He's got acid." And Paul's like, <laughs> "You had poison, bro. Don't don't you know you started this shit." If we were going to institute a no acid rule in this fight, we needed to do it ahead of time. Uh-huh. Yeah, pre poisoning, you could have had a no acid rule. <laughs> So then, uh, yeah, they square off. They 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 battle. Fate dies. Uh, Paul now uh, soaked in Harkonnen blood uh, stands up and asks the Emperor. Now let's get back. To, let's get back down to brass tacks. Uh, it's time for me to marry your daughter, and uh, <laughs> the Atreides are going to be the next in line for Emperor. And he's like, next in line for Emperor. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm the Emperor. And he's like, you're about to be the Emperor of Seleucus Secundus. Okay, mm, we'll see. <laughs> and the emperor's like, no, that's that doesn't make any sense because that's only one planet. And Paul's like, yeah. Well, do you want to be left here? Because you're out of spice, dum dum. And then the... why does everyone keep forgetting that? <laughs> <laughs> and and then in, a, in an odd twist, he's like, and guess what else is happening? So this is a kind of I'm about to make it pretty as shit. And everybody's going to be soft and happy. And you're going to have. No fucking Sardaukar. I'm going to make a whole planet of soft Faye Chalamets, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> uh, so the Emperor is going to tell Count Fenring... Uh, hey, that uh, sounds like a great idea. This planet sounds dope. <laughs> he says, kill this, kill this boy for me. And Count Fenring's like... Mm, don't think so, bro. Sounds, <laughs> no. <it> seems like... <laughs> although, although Paul sizes up Count Fenring and says that, and thinks that Count Fenring could probably kill him. So Count Fenring, really? as, as we understand it later, is was an almost, was an almost, um, what do you call it? Uh, et cetera. But he is oh, older shit. and more experienced than Paul. Because Fenring has, was kind of like a nothing character before. He really is like... presented as a nothing character. And that's, and I think that's interesting in the con- in the context of Paul not having any vision of him. Like he's, he's this sort of shadowy assassin who is able to completely dodge Paul's future visions, but mm. none of that is really present in the book up to this Interesting. point. And the fact that his wife was the Benny Gesserit, he used to live mm-hmm. on Arrakis before and like had the visions and stuff. And then Fenring is this like 
like secret alternate main character that could have been. He's an alternate <laughs> as well, and so is Faith. They're they're these right. sort of uh, they're these sort of uh, what ifs, right? These these yeah. possible messiahs who just didn't quite get the timing quite right, mm-hmm. or the the exact formula right on that right on the head. Uh, this would be something that I think uh, a certain terrible writer of many many books would steal. Oh sure, for her little wizard, her little wizard wizard books, for her little wizard (laughs) stories. (laughs) Sure, I mean, I do think it's interesting though too because it it does in a way kind of make Paul less special, Mm -hmm. which I like. I like the fact that it's not like this is the only person in a in a million years who could be this cool. It's like there were other potential, and you have to remember that like within the canopy of Dune is. We, as the reader, are are very much in the same position as the followers. We're, we're seeing Paul at his at his best. We're seeing this, but we, we have glimpses of the fact that maybe don't maybe don't join a cult. Maybe sure. don't maybe don't think messiahs are always great. A charismatic leader is not like anything other than a sort of a populist rabble rouser. Right, mm-hmm. and now like this time it worked, but also you know don't don't always do it. Well. <laughs> It didn't exactly work. So, so sort of Paul's observation of, of Stilgar is emblematic of, of what happened to the Fremen. A huh. powerful, independent people became followers. Interesting. Sure. And, and we'll see that it, it doesn't quite go totally as planned. Although, uh, as I've said before, if you read Dune and only Dune, you do kind of, I don't want to say you have to read the series, but book two, Dune Messiah, is sort of an unofficial last part of this book. The coda. It's the coda. It's it's where all the shit that happened in this book is sort of examined through the lens of history. Right. Huh. Cool. Uh, because, yeah, if you just read Dune, you might think, hey, Paul's pretty good, and he wins at everything, and then he takes over the universe. The end. <laughs> well, spoilers, we haven't gotten to the end yet, so. Did you need me? Did I spoil the fact that the book ends? Well, no, I just I don't know what happens now. I don't know what happens last we heard that Count Fenring, you know, could have killed him. Yeah, well, well, but Count Fenring said, "Nah, bro." Remember? Okay, right. And, and the, the last Emperor... words of of Herbert's Dune are Nah, bro," said Count Fenring. <laughs> so then the emperor, to be the emperor, continued in Dune Messiah. <laughs> the emperor will give Count Fenring a foppish punch in the jaw. Okay. Uh. And then Count Fenring uh, sizes him up, tells the emperor that was your one, and that's the end of it right? with with this altercation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had you got you. Sure, I, I didn't do your bidding. You you hit me in the head. It's a it was a foppish punch. Fool me once, and shame on you. No, it wasn't fool me. It was like I let you hit me because okay. fine, you're mad. But, but let the record show that I am still dope. Yeah, let the record <laughs> show I'm still way more dope than you. And that hurt not at all. Uh, Irulan <laughs> basically capitulates and says, "Look, this is this is how it's going. Um, you're you're fighting with no cards left in your hand." And uh, she says that to the emperor. Mm, it's in in as many words. Yeah, like okay. I'm gonna <laughs> wipe me up, Paul. She's been the Benny Gesserit who was groomed for for rulership, and and Paul is an adequate suitor who they're in no position to turn down. Okay, so Irulan was a Benny is a Benny Gesserit. Yes, has that not come up? I don't. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, she's a Benny Gesserit. Cool. They all are. I think all women in Dune are Benny Gesserit. As for Arrakis, after Paul tells the pre- uh, the president, the emperor, <laughs> Mr. <he's>, president, <laughs> he's so Trumpy, it's easy to confuse the two. <laughs> Paul plans to make uh, Arrakis a paradise, uh, but he's going to keep the desert so this you know keep the spice going, uh, and uh, in the meantime. Uh, Stilgar gets to be governor of Arrakis, and uh, you know if the Fremen want to if the Fremen want to leave and go do whatever the fuck they want to do, uh, that's on y'all. Hmm. All right, okay. And and does Paul become instant president, or is it like in time? 
No, uh, he instant instant president, instant emperor. Wow. Uh, the emperor is king of Seleucus Secundus, the present garbage planet, soon to be uh, garden world full of, full of uh, yuppies and millennials who right. don't know how to take care of themselves. So, okay, so Paul was saying he was going to do that to Seleucus Secundus, not Dune. Oh, Dune will be both because it okay. needs to have desert for the for spice, for the sandworms and the spice. Got it. So he's just gonna he's gonna just like you know yassify the whole galaxy. Basically, <laughs> he's gonna make it all look fresh and and hot. Well, the Reverend Mother does see the glimpse of the holy war that has begun at this point mm-hmm. between Paul's Fremen and the the universe for which they've now been set loose upon. Interesting. Okay. And whether they are still the Fremen or if they are Paul's, you know, cult is uh, slightly boys. up for debate. Paul's, Paul's boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and the boys. Paul asks Cheney what she wants and she says, I don't need a title. I just thought we were going to chill, bro. He's like, well, yeah, we are going to chill. Irulan's my throne wife. Your side piece <laughs> style. Nothing's changed. My throne wife. <laughs> we still get to watch Netflix. That hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you know I'm going to watch Succession with you every time there's a new episode. Come on, don't even trip. Is that a throne wife show? <laughs> and it ends on a it ends on a very odd note. It ends on a what I would consider a slightly less chill way of presenting Cheney and Jessica, who have been, you know, Jessica has been sort of one of the most powerful characters of the book, if not the most powerful character of the book, one of the most active agents of the of the story and progression in narrative value. Uh, Cheney's up there. Jessica then reassures Cheney, you come on, you know, Paul, and don't worry about history. History is going to, history won't care who the throne wife is. Uh, she's a nobody. History will remember you and I as wives. Uh, huh. Hmm. hmm. History will call us wives. I was hoping for like, history will call us Something a little bit. Heroes. Uh, I don't know. Heroes, yeah. Like something a little bit more giving. Girl bosses, and, maybe? Well, given, no, because <laughs> no. that's some, no, I don't. <laughs> no. I don't subscribe to this neoliberal girl boss bull. <laughs> <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. What is interesting to me is, I guess, I'm positive that, what, 60 years down the line, that end sentence has a different flavor. I agree. I agree. Um, But obviously reading it now, it definitely sort of seems like, don't worry. I know we're only like concubines or whatever they want to call us, but we're going to be remembered as the best thing a woman can be a wife. I, that's exactly how it reads. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's like, (laughs) we'll be, don't worry. We'll be a different kind of female property that we, from the other kind that we were. It's so fucking awful and so accurate. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't hit right. It just doesn't hit right. Especially as the last line of the book. Uh, I just think it, it's so tone deaf to the amount of power these characters were given to the book to be like, and you got what you wanted to yeah. be your wife. Like, but <laughs> and a mistress story is, you're a mis- you're a mistress in, in all but name. It's like, mm, none of this is, none of this sounds good, bro. We didn't have to pay for a wedding. and well actually that one does sound kind of nice to me right now in 2021 Mm, sure sure i mean it just it it doesn't have the air of somebody who wrote an entire book about why his miss why he shouldn't leave his wife for his mistress Uh, like to end the book like that Mm -hmm. is just it's just it is yeah it's like the end of a of a weird argument that he's made in front of his (laughs) his wife or his girlfriend or whatever and he's like showing the whiteboard at the end he's like see it won't matter. It doesn't matter what our labels are. Mm, because when, know, we're le- when we're dead and gone and no one can even read our tombstone, no one's going to remember who was my wife and who was my secret mistress. <laughs> so just come know, back Frank. to bed, baby, baby. Where are you going? <laughs> now, given that the ending of this book is somewhat bittersweet, I don't know if that should be read ironically, but it doesn't. Yeah. There, there's not a lot of context leading up to that point uh, that you would give him credence on that count because sure, sure he's very he's very pro side piece style throughout the book with very right. little cracks in that narrative uh-huh and the emperor is still alive he's just king of Seleucus secundus is that right yes king in in quotations but right. yes mm-hmm. sure figurehead 
I don't even know about that. He might okay, be sure. dumped dump down there. But yes, he's told he can rule Seleucus Secundus. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah, I guess Paul just sort of, what, we, we assume that he's just going to ascend and rule from Arrakis. I think he'll return uh, at this point. I don't know. Um, he's given Arrakis to Stilgar. Right. Stilgar is the governor Stilgar's of, president of, Arrakis. of Arrakis. Yeah. So if he goes, and Jessica wants to return to Kaladin. Right. She hasn't, like, officially been given Kaladin. Gurney might have, actually. Now that I'm, yeah. I think I think Gurney is given Kaladin. Oh. Seems like it could have gone to Jessica, but. You know, no, she it's... wants to rest. She oh, she doesn't okay. ask to rule. Got uh, it. Right. Just like Princess Aerolot. Yeah. Well, and Jessica, and remember, Jessica also has been sort of figurehead. It's like, she's done rulership shit. All throughout this book, whether that's with the Duke or with the Fremen. True. She's she's done her part, right? She served her eight. She served her two terms and then some. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's I guess that's Dune. That's Dune. That's why. That's that's yeah, baby, you just got Dune. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK. All right. I'm going to I'm going to say a sentence out loud. And I don't want it to excite Rory too much, but too late, baby. I'm already, I'm already squeezing it. <laughs> <laughs> I am interested to find out what happens next. And I can tell, I guess I can tell, I don't, I don't know about, I mean, clearly there's a lot of Dune books. I did, I did at one yeah, point do so, a teeny bit of research, so right? I after, mean, after, after Messiah, it does become this sort of, grand Asimovian epic. Mm-hmm. Um, Messiah is a very much a, continu- a continuation of this story. Right. Right. Now, right. I mean, now, did Herbert do all of the other things, official Dune books, or did it sort of leave his... Uh, he would have, will have written Dune, Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, God Emperor of Dune, and I believe that's it. Let me double check. He might have written Chapter House. I think he did Chapter House. I remember because I, I remember looking up like, what are all the books in the Dune series? Oh, there's a fair amount. And then and then his son takes over with someone else and has written like, I guess, some prequels and then also like a, like an ending. Like, I guess there were some some like writings that Herbert left behind of a book that he had planned uh-huh. that like that his son turned into two more books that kind of like finished out the story. That's what I gathered when I was doing extremely basic, like looking into Dune by Frank Herbert. Oh, actually, he's written a few more. He writes Dune, Dune Messiah, Children, God Emperor, Heretics, Chapter House, and that's it. Oh, so we said Chapter House. I just forgot there was a book called Heretics, book five. And we're going to cover all of them on this podcast uh, every week for the next four and a half years. So (laughs) stay tuned because we're doing that 100%. And who's doing that? We're doing it uh, every week. It would be... It would be interesting <laughs> if somebody else took up the helm and see if you could start Dune Messiah, having actually not read Dune, but maybe mm. having read Dune, if the premise of the podcast uh, succeeded. Right. Do you think that reading Messiah at the end of it, do you feel like you've read a story and could walk away? I, I, Messiah is my favorite of of the Herbert books. Okay. Uh, although I have not read Heretics in Chapter House. Got it. I read the first four. I, I feel like if you were, if you've, Briefly forgot the name of what books were. You'd be like, you know, it's that, uh, it's like a chapter house, you know, it's that paper, it's that paper thing that's like a chapter house. Book, that's the word, book. I, I guess, I don't know. At some point, I'd be interested in either, either some point down the line after a, a hefty break coming back to talk about and maybe do Messiah. Well, Messiah is significantly shorter than any of the other Dune books. Um, Most of them are about Dune sized and Messiah is about the size of one of the books of the book Dune. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I'd be, I'd be interested. I'd be interested. Maybe, maybe if we like came back to it at some point before potentially it's adapted into a film. You know what I mean? Yeah, once two comes out and then we see if, you know. Mm -hmm. See how far it goes, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I'm like, I'm interested, but I also can't stress this enough, still don't want to read it. (laughs) Right. 
No, you I, know I what don't I mean? think that's going to happen. And I don't know. I can't tell if that's just me being belligerent at this point or I, uh Dune Messiah, if, if I can give you a little teaser. Yeah. As a, um, and because I have not reread it in, in years now, um, but I would compare it to Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. It's like it's it, it's hmm. it's this darker future, older characters. Fascinating. So there's a big time jump. Mm hmm. Wow. Do we still have the same like main characters or do we follow? I mean, because presumably Aaliyah's older, like significantly, maybe old enough to be like a character we'd follow or Aaliyah's uh, old enough to be a character we follow. I don't remember how much page time she gets compared to others, um, okay. but she's she's a significant actor. She's she's comparable to any of the main characters in the first book, if not Got more. It. Yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm I'm interested. Also, I'm. I'm not I'm, I don't want to shit on. So I don't want to shit on the, 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 the part of this book that we read that takes place after this first movie we saw. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a coherent film starting where we left off and going through what we just saw. Like, I, don't, I it almost feels like there's too much and not enough. Yeah. Well, I, I, I so I agree. And that's why I compared it to the Two Towers film. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe if if my if memory serves uh Helm's Deep is a chapter, maybe a couple chapters in the book, but they turn that into an entire film almost. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of this stuff is is yes kind of it's condensed, but it is action with a, action you can give consequence to that doesn't disrupt the narrative. Yeah. You you can yeah. spend a lot of time with the, in this sort of like three year Fremen war that is alluded to that is not given a lot of page space. There's also like you know the the early portion of the movie that spends all that time on Cal or Caladan and 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 early Arrakis sort of courtyard drama. You can really sort of spend that time in the movie with the CH with like all of that yeah. sort of Fremen CH stuff, and then kind of get into this this war. Uh, and time jump stuff sort of in the second half. So there might, you know, and then really make a meal of the final like assault on on the city yeah. and the emperor and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would guess. I don't know. I'm fascinated. But it's a challenge. I'm fascinated. Yeah. I hope book two ends at the, the same way our podcast ended, right? I hope they yeah. don't try to milk the second half of this book into two movies. I think that would be I don't think that. you could. I don't see how you could possibly... I would tend to agree, except that's why I went. That's why I refer to the the Helm's Deep thing, where it's like you could you could yeah. do a lot with with the action that is that is sort of insinuated and in between the you know between the lines. Well, Peter Jackson also made The Hobbit into three movies, so. <laughs> and his Beatles documentary into like a nine hour film. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's a long winded yeah. fellow. He's a bit of a Ken Burnsian type. He's never had an editor. <laughs> no, 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 never had an editor to say no. Well, listen, I mean, this is, I don't know how to, how to end this because we just don't have another chapter, but I'll tell you what, boys, I've got David Lynch's Dune here on my TV hovering on the pause on the play, the play button. I've been really? waiting. No, I don't, but please, I, you know, I've been waiting to finally be able to watch <laughs> the, the whole reason I did this podcast agreed so that I can finally watch David Lynch's Dune. <laughs> David Lynch's Dune is, and I'll say it now because I, um, because we're here, we finished the books. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an absolute mess. It's it's a terrible it's a terrible adaptation of a novel. Now that being said, it's got a lot of fun ideas. It it does the scenes. Basically, he kind of just like picked eight or nine scenes to sort of turn <laughs> into film, right? Like, yeah, and then called that the book, like. Now, book adaptations are notoriously tricky, uh, especially long ones. It's it, it is an incoherent nonsense monster to anybody who isn't deeply familiar with the book. In if you are familiar with the book, you might be equally confused about why this was the film he chose to make. That being said, it's a lot of fun and a lot of great ideas kind of shine through. It is a true film adaptation. In that it is not trying to do the book on screen. It, it, well, yep. now, Roy, Which hold, I just... hold on to that. Hold on to some of those thoughts for a minute, because I wonder if our fans on Patreon would enjoy a future special um, of us watching that movie. Well, we can. You would have to cut all this part about me uh, <laughs> not 
not that enthusiastic about it. It's it's a very interesting idea from yeah. a person who I respect greatly as a filmmaker. It's just not really Dune. Mm-hmm. It's like Dooney. Sure. That or, and maybe Jodorowsky's Dune. Uh, watching the documentary, documentary uh, about well. concept art. A few other things we could maybe do for Patreon that uh, uh, down the line, if people are interested. Now, I yeah. actually remember the sci-fi miniseries being halfway decent, though I have not uh, seen yeah. it. That's right. Pushing that 20 years. mentioned as well. Well, I guess the only other the only other relevant thing that I would feel uh, weird about not mentioning before we get out of here for the foreseeable future on this podcast is that uh, there was also a Dune video game announced at the Game Awards. That's right. <laughs> Spice Wars. Dune uh, Spice, Spice Wars. Spice Wars is such a silly name. I'm I'm trying to be positive. I don't I don't love that it's an RTS. I thought it was going to be more of a Civ type game. I think it is. It's kind of sold as both, but it, I, but I'm seeing its primary genre as RTS. Am I crazy? Yeah, it does. It, does, it it's it. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too to get all the hype and and before they actually reveal gameplay. But they do say it's a real time strategy game with four X elements, which is yeah. essentially like saying it's Age of Empires with some Civ, and no one knows what that means. No, I I agree completely. Um, uh, I know what that means. It means Dune Spice Wars. Which, which, spice wars. <laughs> which I still feel like I'm saying space, but with a weird accent. Spice, spice wars. Like Michael Caine? <laughs> Dude, talking about spice, Dune, wars. spice wars. <laughs> no, did you fight? Uh, I fought in the spice wars. <laughs> I, I'm skeptical. It feels, it feels like a cash grab at some IP, some inflated, like, and it, they got the IP, uh, they bought it low. And then the movie comes out, right? Sell high. Yeah. But maybe it's good. I have the same thought about this episode. Maybe it's good. <laughs> you piece of shit. You absolute piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I had to get one last burn in, Rory. I can't do that anymore. Yeah, making fun of Rory's outlawed on our I other know, podcast. No, you're back to low man on the totem pole. Oh, no, it's going to be awful. Please don't let me go. I don't want to go. <laughs> Mr. Frodo. Oh, uh, Rory, no, you know what? Look, we've, we've given you some real goofs, but we have, I want to thank you at the Mm -hmm. end of this. I want to thank you sincerely for doing all the work, doing all the hard part of this, this show. Yeah. And, uh, because of all that work, uh, we've done this, we've done this thing and, uh, here we are, here we are at the end. It was a good thing. And now (laughs) we are. And what I've got to say about it is. Here we Here are. Here we are. As well, you did it. <laughs> no, and 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 you 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 exposed us to a thing that we had opted out of in our lives up until this point, uh, in a friendly manner that, uh, again, required no work on our part. None, none whatsoever. And, I haven't seen a lick uh, of text. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate that to a degree that you would never understand. <laughs> uh, and perhaps some of our listeners do too. <laughs> My angry caveman brain appreciates it so much. You're welcome. I just want to bully people who read books like Princess Irulan. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so that's it. Any parting thoughts, Rory? I think we got to just say bye, everybody. Thanks for thanks for now that you've read Dune. Thanks for reading Dune. No, no, I like the did. first one. You thanks did. For thanks now, for now that thanks having... for now that you've read Dune. Dune. Thanks for how you read Dune. <laughs> thanks for Dune with Rory Boy. Thanks for Dune <laughs> by the Princess Irulan. <laughs> Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. (laughs) And you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. (laughs) It comes out most Saturdays. 
Saturday Morning Tuesdays, you guys. It's the show that started it all. Uh, you can hear me, Rory, and Andy, and we are on this journey most Tuesdays where we are looking through the weirdest and wildest, coolest and droolest uh, <laughs> cartoons, children's cartoons, adult cartoons from all across the spectrum of time. We're going to cover your favorite show. Maybe we're going to talk about the ones you hate. Probably. <laughs> and it's a great, wonderful time. So be sure to catch that. And of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, really, and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content, everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, and, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. <laughs> Please ruin us with your memes. As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.